The Drive Home with Kenton Dick on Mix 96. We are now, what, 15 months into this pandemic, I think? March plus three. So, yeah, 15 months, although a little longer if you consider the fact that it actually started in 2019 and all that jazz. But here in Manitoba, here in Canada, about 15 months into the pandemic, and of course, we've got the vaccine rollout happening right now. I'm actually, I'm joined by an epidemiologist. I got Cynthia Carr on the line from right here in Manitoba. Cynthia, tell me, first off, how you even get into this position in the first place. Sure. Um... I've been working as an epidemiologist since about 1994. Wow. Uh, my undergrad, kind of an unusual path. I did my undergrad degree in psychology. Uh, then I did a master's degree in public admin, specializing in health policy. And when I did that, I thought, I feel like I want to have a better ability to understand data so I can make policy decisions. So I uh, did a master's of science in epidemiology uh, after that. And in fact, I was the... Um, kind of part-time epidemiologist for a central and then it became southern health region for over a decade. So love the region, know the people, and lots of experience uh, uh, in the community. So a couple of things to note from that. First off, I was doing the, the, the math quickly in my head, and that was what, 30 years of school that you did? <laughs> I did eight years of of university, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of uh, lot of schooling. So tell me what being an epidemiologist is all about. What's the job description? So epidemiology, uh, kind of just simply stated, is the study of disease by person, by place, and by time. So instead of being a doctor, for example, where you would treat a patient one-on-one, and many doctors do become epidemiologists because they like the research or, or clinical trial aspect of it, or if you want to be a, a medical officer of health, you would have to have a degree, uh, a, a graduate degree in this field. Um, but what it means is we're the people that kind of put together data to say, like, how do we know that there's an association between smoking and lung cancer? So we're kind of a detective side of it, and we're helping on the public health, on the on the kind of community and population level to help understand what can impact sickness, what can help keep us well. And for an, for something like an epidemic, which of course is uh, related to the word epidemiology, we're the people right away saying, okay, who is the core of people that are impacted? Where are they? Who are they? Is it a workplace? Is it a city? Is it a town? Is it a food? Is it a water? What is it? And then watching it spread, looking at numbers and uh uh, kind of keeping on track of uh, lots of data. So looking at, again, clusters of a disease by person, by place, and by time to try to understand what is causing it and what can help stop it. Okay, so really analyzing data on a health side and figuring out what it means. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but taking into account many, many variables. For sure. example, a, a, an epidemiologist could be involved in clinical trials for drugs, uh, for treatment. Uh, there's lots and lots of fields uh, related to epidemiology, including public health, which is where I work. Excellent. Now, we're talking about uh, vaccines. Obviously, like the whole word epidemiologist, all of these things are, are far more, we're all way more um, connected to them right now than we maybe ever have been before, or at least in, in recent memory. So tell me a little bit about what you've been doing on the COVID-19 front recently, working uh, with vaccines. Right. So uh, in my work, I, I work with uh, uh, many uh, communities uh, in helping in, in many areas, uh, including tracking of cases um, and contact tracing and looking at, uh, you know, as vaccines were approved uh, and watching kind of globally to see, you know, those countries that got on board fast 
uh, with uh, giving access to the population quickly uh, the vaccine, what happened? And kind of watching that and, of course, always watching the safety data uh, to be able to kind of provide feedback to clients and, uh, you know, people on radio or on television. I do a lot of that and have for the last year to just try to describe, you know, what do we understand about the vaccine, about its development, what does it mean when we say it was developed quickly, what do the safety data tell us, what is efficacy, what does that mean, and why is this so important, and why is efficiency in terms of getting people vaccinated quickly uh, even more important uh, now than ever. So more on that right there. We've been talking a lot about vaccines recently. The province has put out a lot of initiatives to try to encourage people to get vaccinated. And it all seems like it's happening very quickly. What is the importance of speed in this whole process? Well, it it relates to what is called the critical vaccination threshold. So if you like graphs, and I love a good graph, (laughs) what you can see is if we compare countries that really have nothing in common. So if we compare United States, United Kingdom and Israel, for example, very little would they have in common from health system to population size to population density, etc. But what they had in common was how quickly they vaccinated the first kind of 20 to 30 percent of their population. And you can see that as they did that, the case numbers came down and they came down really fast. What happens if the slower you are, the threshold actually goes up. And the reason the threshold can go up is because we get those variants of concern. We give them an opportunity to come in. And the vaccination, the threshold is related to two things. What is the effectiveness of that vaccine in stopping transmission? And then the other thing is, on average, if you were infected with COVID, how many other people could you infect? So as these variants of concern have come in and they've gotten even better at getting in our cells, of giving us more viral load so that if you cough or sneeze, it's more likely that somebody around you could inhale that, get it into their body. So as that, uh, that rate increases, the number of people that one person on average could, could infect, the critical vaccination threshold actually keeps going up. So if at the start, on average, one person could infect two people, and say we have an amazing vaccine, which we do, and say it's 95% effective at stopping transmission. If we had done things quickly, our critical vaccination threshold would have been about 63% of people, that we need to block those targets, because the, the, the virus isn't great at transmitting, as good as it's going to get. If that goes up to five, so now one person could infect five people, now we have to, we have to vaccinate at least 84% of the population because we've got to stop even more targets. And that's why speed matters. Wow. Complex. This is why the province is encouraging and pushing so hard, or at least one of the reasons? Absolutely. And what we know is this new, what we're calling the Delta variant now, um, on average, the estimate is that one person could infect to five to eight other people. So again, that's from contact tracing. When you would talk to somebody with a case, you would ask them how many people or who they've been in contact with. Say it's 10. Now, on average, of those 10 people, if they're not vaccinated, five to eight of them can become cases. It used to be the version that caused the first wave in Europe, or the first version we had here, it would have been three. Now it's five to eight. 
So that is an, an enormous difference, and that's why we've got to protect as many people as possible. Because if you think about it, only about 14% of Canadians live alone. So most of us, the average household size is about three. So you can only isolate so much. The end of the day, you're going to be with your household, and if you happen to bring in this new, more infectious virus, chances are higher and higher and higher that everybody in that household is going to become infected. Okay. Uh, as far as you know, and I'm, you might be the wrong person to ask for this, but I'm hoping you aren't, uh, uh, talking about this vaccine right now and these variants, specifically, let's say, the Delta variant, which has been the one mentioned most often in Manitoba recently, mm-hmm. is the vaccine still very effective against those variants as well? It really is. So I've just been looking today at some data uh, from Scotland and other countries, and absolutely, uh, the vaccine is still effective at preventing infection, but here's the key. It's got to be the two doses and then the 14 days after. So remember, your body needs about two weeks to take that information in and to create that best immune response. Kind of like baking a cake, you get all the ingredients, you put it together, put it in the oven. If the cake isn't made, immediately. It takes some time, same with the vaccine. You need the two doses and then 14 days. But certainly, um, it's a little less effective against the Delta, but it is not zero. And what we know is those people that are ending up in the hospital and ICU and very, very sick, they are not vaccinated or they're, they're only partially vaccinated. We are seeing that data. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so very much, Cynthia. That's very helpful. Is there anything that you'd wanted to mention? Anything you want to get out to the public? Really, uh, the consensus right now is that um, the biggest threat to kind of reopening the economy, getting there safely and keeping it open is not being vaccinated. So I understand that people still have questions uh, about the safety, but you know, two and a half billion people have now been vaccinated, and we do have safety data. We do know that there have been um, some adverse events, but that also speaks to the ongoing surveillance or watching for the safety of these vaccines, that you're not alone, that you don't go in and get a needle and leave, and nobody's watching for safety. So. Um, they really are safe, they really are effective, and they really are the way to protect yourselves uh, and, uh, you know, protect each other, but most importantly, to protect you uh, because you matter. So uh, we're hoping that with more community-led initiatives that people will feel more comfortable just kind of going through maybe some more questions they might have, concerns, because that's fair enough. Um, but ultimately, I hope that people will uh, make the decision to protect themselves and get vaccinated. Excellent. Thanks so much, Cynthia. My pleasure.